Yeah, Chris is just clout chasing over here. Yep. That's right. So. Chasing clouts. Um, All right, I old man yelling at clout. Um, <laughs> God, how do the levels change so much like, every fucking time, man? Yeah, it's like big it. barriers right now. Do do do. But the thing is, like, when we get when we get really loud, like the dynamic like, range on these things, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, like, yeah. I I always there's always some section I have to like uh, turn down and do a clip fix on. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think these levels look okay though. Yeah, I was just I was just blabbing about uh, this protein shake I was having, and then like how I was like hitting it hard lately, and then um, at the at the gym, and then um, like this week in particular. I, I didn't realize like how much I was working at the gym and like, I was just catching up to my old levels and like, uh, Oh yeah, like, I know really... exactly what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's kind of like, like if a musician hasn't played their music in a right. while and then they pick up the instrument and they're like, fuck, I'm rusty. Yeah. So then like, but to somebody who is less maybe trained or something, they're like, well, you sound fine to me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So the musician's like, no fucking way. Like I'm like, I'm not quite right. there. So that's kind of how I feel like in the gym right now. And, um, this last week I've been really like hitting it and, um, realized I was like, and I'm sure some of the listeners who, who are fairly active, like know how this goes sometimes where like, you just like, you finish and you feel great. And then like an hour later, you're like, all I want to do is like eat and then sleep, Yeah, you know? And then, and then you feel the same way the next day and the next day and the next day. And, uh, people were saying, oh, well, you know, it's because you're fucking in your thirties now. And I'm like, well, it's not, that's, that's actually not really how that works. If you're, if you're sustaining yeah. a level of activity, like right. you're, you're, yeah, you're going to be a little more tired than when you're like fucking 18, but like, yeah. it's not like you're, if you're in shape, it's like a car, like, uh, I had a neighbor who was really into cars and yeah. I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I don't know how much longer my car is going to last because right. it's got like 180,000 miles on it. Yeah. He's like, he's like, dude, the mileage doesn't matter. It's yeah. like all, it's all how well you take care exactly, of it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's like your body. And I was just saying how there was literally a BBC article out, uh, the other day, um, that was talking about how, um, um, sustained like physical discipline of, of, of whatever kind you choose, um, fitness in general, uh, whether you're lifting or running or, or fucking doing yoga or, or swimming or biking or, you know, just doing a hundred pushups a day, whatever yeah. the fuck you're doing. Right. Um, has great effects on like your immune system, your aging process, like your like clarity. Um, and one of the researchers is actually this dude who's like, he's like in his seventies and they said that he has the immune system of like a 20 year old. Yeah. Damn. Right. And I was like, that, those are my goals basically is to be like, <laughs> like the cranky old fart who can still fucking, fucking uh, push a police car over in the street you know? yeah yeah <laughs> i uh yeah I, I did some exercise this week i um let's see i did uh 10 bicep curls nice just the one arm and then that's it yeah both arms oh okay, okay. You did that. that's good that's good i mean i can show you some shit <laughs> i can help you i i just Let like i just don't you. do anything that's that's yeah, the main yeah. issue it's like even if i knew like Mm-hmm. how to do stuff correctly or whatever yeah which like i can do a push-up correctly yeah that's I mean, about it a lot of it really is just like um training on the technique because then that equips you if you like realize you, you want to do better yeah then like realizing you want to do better and then not knowing how to do better uh-huh. is like that seems to be the one of the huge barriers for most people right because they're like oh i really wish i was in better shape but like well while they have the impetus and the mood to do it um, they don't know where to start, so they don't right. do it. And then it just, can, it carries on into, you know, ad infinitum. Yeah. Anyway. And then, um, and then, um, once you do have training, like, like I said, like I slacked off this winter because I was so stressed out. And like some of you might've noticed how fucked up I was for a while. Um, and, um, thank you for all your help all over again. But, <laughs> um, but like that has a toll on your, on your, physical health as well yeah you know and also like really fucks with your ability to stick to a regimen because you're depressed you're anxious you're freaking out um yeah i have no idea what that's like at all yeah (laughs) yeah none of us do obviously (laughs) right right i'm the only one i'm like i'm like just getting back into like actually cooking meals for myself and not just like depressingly like eating frozen food all the time and And that makes a difference too yeah getting like whole foods if you can yeah Um, i i tried to make mapo tofu this week oh yeah um what I made turned out really well, but it was not mapo tofu uh, because I got black bean paste instead of broad bean paste. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been making um tempeh lately. Okay. Um, have you been making it? Yeah. Or like cooking it. The cooking it. I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I want to learn how to make it. That'd be fucking fantastic. I, I have a book that can but tell you how to make it. A, oh, really? Yeah. That's Sandra oh, Katz's book, that The Art of Fermentation. It's yeah. a good book. Yeah. I actually, I was. was Propagandi makes fun of them. Mm-hmm. They have like a song called "The Flensing of Sandor Cats." <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah the, no the book's good it has like uh it's a really interesting style because mm-hmm. instead of giving you like recipes like this amount of this and this amount of this and right. you do this this and this right he gives you like the general idea of like okay if you want to make tempeh like here are the st- the requirements for it and the steps you'd have to go through nice. and here's how it's traditionally made and here's how you can make it like in a modern way or whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he like there's like pictures and stuff it, it's a good book yeah that, that sounds really interesting and, and like it's it's actually um uh really relevant to my interests hilarious enough uh to say um because i was i was talking to some people at the cafe a few weeks ago and i was like yeah i'm really interested in becoming whatever you call it a culturist a fermenter yeah. um because i'm like you know how do you make mead how do you brew various things how do you actually ferment tea in a particular way yeah. to make different kinds of tea um how do you make cheese how do you make yogurt how do you make tempeh you yeah. know there's so and and like um i've made it in roads and also like pickling preserving thing. things too yeah, yeah. i make um, i make kimchi fairly often oh hell yeah yeah um my last attempt did not turn out well. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't put enough. I think I didn't put enough tannin in it. Oh, okay. Uh, you have to put tannin in it to mm-hmm. uh, get it to stay crispy. Yeah. Um, and so like it was good for like uh, a couple weeks, and then I tried it recently, like like a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, it was just like soft and gross and inedible. Yeah. So. Well, you know, you live, you learn, or yeah. you poison yourself and die. Yeah. I should ask <laughs> my neighbors for advice because um, they have like uh, you if you if you have any Asian neighbors. Uh, you can tell if they make kimchi because yep. they'll have giant strainers on their, usually in their back deck. Yeah, because yep. <laughs> they're too big yeah, to keep in like the house. Yeah, there's a process to, yeah. to do it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh, I'll see my neighbor Pak outside, like washing mm-hmm. cabbage leaves around kimjang. Nice, nice, nice. So yeah, um, and also what like typically giant containers of some oh, kind yeah, to big, like keep giant it all boxes in. Yeah. of of cabbage. Yeah, yep. yep. On recycling day. Yeah, yeah. It'll look like soggy. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Good place um, to hide your baggies. Um, mm-hmm. And speaking of baggies, we're going to talk about yes, stimulants today. Stimulants, yeah. hell yeah! So I'll just keep that whole thing in, I guess. Might as well. Um, That's our little intro. Yeah. So uh, song. welcome to Neighbor Science, the <laughs> hey. only podcast about political economy and anime. Uh-huh. I'm Ryan Salisbury. I'm Chris Nivens. Yep. And um, so uh, Chris had an idea for an episode, and it's uh, <laughs> basically like the has nothing to do with my interests. <laughs> the uh, sort of history and political economy of stimulants mm-hmm. and how stimulants are used. Uh, I, for some reason we got our wires crossed. And so like, I thought he meant like uh, ancient and, oh, and yeah. medieval. I, I was vague. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So like I did a bunch of research. Into that. I was like, man, there's not a so, whole lot of yeah, yeah. stuff I can find yeah. here. Is it like, are we really focusing on like that stuff or he's and Chris was just like, no, like whatever, we man, whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, so we settled on what? Get a kind grab a bag of stuff. I unfortunately bag. did not do, I, I just really didn't do enough research, but it's fine. We're um, just going to job. out. Yeah. Anyway. So we might talk about some other stuff if yeah. we run out of things to talk about with respect to stimulants. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, so, um, let's go ahead and get started. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I tried to look at the prehistory and, uh, there's just not a ton of stuff. I mean, how would they yeah. really know? Like they could see like, Oh yeah. Like people did use or certain things yeah, and that's about yeah. it. Cause like, I feel, I feel like, yeah, it'd be really hard to tell besides like if, if they managed with some of these like old mummies and stuff like, um, um, like what's his name? Oh God. I can't remember. I can't believe it. Like remember. I know the reason that, um, that, uh, anthropologists and archeologists know that about like how far, uh, marijuana use goes back. Yeah, is because they they've found like charred right. seeds. Right, you can find like yeah. artifact. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. oh okay, it's so they were smoking plant. weed uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> in yeah. India like, like four thousand oh, years ago. Yeah. Hell yeah, cool. <laughs> right, true sense. Oh, which uh, one thing I learned, I think it was T was talking about how uh, the word ganja mm. is is an Indian word, and oh, yeah. the reason they call it ganja in Jamaica is because. Like once uh, African slavery mm-hmm. was ended, mm-hmm. uh, they switched to Indian slavery. Right, that's right. And so in uh, Jamaica and Trinidad and uh, Haiti, probably mm-hmm. um, all those Caribbean countries, uh, there's large Indian populations, mm-hmm. and so the Indians brought weed smoking to Jamaica, and so they brought the word for it as well. There you go. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> Tea. And that's the T. Yes, that say. is the T. <laughs> and uh, that is also the segue to, yeah. We're gonna uh, to the T section. Yeah. yeah. So I'm a, I'm a big T guy. Mm-hmm. Um, despite that, I did the least reading on T out of all the stuff that we have in <laughs> I here. Saved probably. your ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so T, I know T originated in 
Indochina, mm-hmm. uh, Southeast mm-hmm. Asia. Uh, Chris wrote here the the oldest tea tree uh, in the world currently is 3,200 years old. It's pretty you, fucking. You can fantastic. still get tea from that tree. Yeah, I I assume so. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure which which one that particular mm-hmm. tree would be, but I know mm-hmm. there's there's trees that are like 1,800 plus years old. You the can to, you can go to Wegmans really good. Go to Wegmans <laughs> and get reishi tea. Oh yeah, and, and uh, the ones that are in the black tins. Mm-hmm. They might have changed the the style, but uh, mm-hmm. it'll say ancient tree on there, and oh. they use they use the like thirteen hundred year old trees for that shit. Uh, I gotta yeah, get some of that stuff. so they're like some of the dragon well uh, tea, yeah, yeah. Uh, lung, lung Qing, uh-huh. I think is the Chinese name. Okay, um, and then I think um, some of the black teas they make from those ancient trees as well. Okay, um, I mean you, you can't really tell that it's like that old of a tree it's just like right. one of those things it's like wow cool yeah, like, it's, it's it's kind of a cool novelty or rarity I'm and drinking an ancient life forms yeah, yeah. like offspring life sort force. of <laughs> yeah, yeah life force yeah. i'm inheriting the qualities it's, it's chachi as uh early chinese literacy chinese people would say yeah, exactly um <clears throat> so uh yeah i guess uh like a couple facts that i could spout off mm-hmm. um well when you have here is uh the yunnan province is the uh birthplace of tea mm-hmm. so yunnan has like some really great uh black teas especially mm-hmm. um golden yunnan mm-hmm. tea is like a really great it's like a uh, golden tippy mm-hmm. black tea mm-hmm. so it, it tastes a lot different than the usual black tea that black you'd tea, be used yeah. to here yeah, if you got really it in a bag love. it's like uh it looks like like uh i don't know like curled up like dried flower petals like rolled mm, up yeah dried flowers rolled mm-hmm. up or something like that mm-hmm. um and it's it's a very different taste and everything um and uh, I, I got a, I went to a tea shop in New York when me and Diane went there mm-hmm. uh, last summer. Mm-hmm. And so I was reading some stuff about that. And uh, it was originally like uh, kind of a, a thing as with every luxury, something that only royalty would really drink. Right. And uh, they used to like uh, basically when they had like uh, people in the court or whatever, they would just get a giant bowl and just throw tea leaves in there and like fill it with hot water and then you just like ladle it out into a cup mm-hmm. and uh that was like that was like the ancient tea culture and then since then um you know obviously a really advanced and diverse tea mm-hmm. culture has developed in china and then elsewhere later mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. india has a obviously uh, quite a large tea culture they are the mm-hmm. largest mm-hmm. tea exporters in the world currently mm-hmm. um i th- i think china's just behind them mm. um they are surprisingly sense. not the biggest but i think india just goes for volume yeah because most of the most of the tea that we consume here is is black tea that's like a blend of um ceylon and Assam. i was tea. just gonna say yeah, yeah the standard ceylon and Assam. yeah and, uh, ceylon is sri lanka though right i think mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah. that was uh, the colonial name for sri lanka yeah. um it's basically to, southern and northern yeah i'm trying to remember the other uh famous indian place but um anyway yeah so they they go for volume there um there's just like a, an incredible amount of like different techniques and everything yeah. with tea um just mm-hmm. like different because like people don't really realize this but the tea that you drink is like cooked yep. it's not like yep cooked um, and fermented yeah like yep. if you get green tea that's like fairly raw but it's still mm-hmm. they still steam it so they it's still cooked. A little, the yeah. only thing that's completely raw is w- white tea right which uh everybody very... everybody knows that that lipton commercial with the old chinese guy Mm-hmm. Where uh, they're like, "What is white tea?" He's like, uh, "White tea is a baby tea leaf, and when yeah, it's yeah, young, right. <laughs> yeah. you pluck it, and it's super straightforward." Yeah, and you're like, "Cool, dude!" Yeah. Like, I just learned. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, yeah. I actually <clears throat> tried white tea for the first time after watching that commercial. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's my shit. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really into poor tea right now, which is like a post fermented tea mm-hmm. where they they make black tea and then they pile it into like these giant piles mm, and, and uh, ferment it and they, they like turn it and um it's weird that like it separates into different grades like sort of on its own because mm-hmm. as they turn the pile mm-hmm. um they get these like big nuggets they're like right. the size of like, like a gumball gumbo. right and um you buy them in, like ounces yeah those eights. kind of float to the top i think if i remember correctly hmm. and then um they have like really delicate uh leaves like i'm trying to remember they have like a, it's just like a specific name for the grade but it's like the the top shelf shit right right and so really like uh the, stuff. basically like uh they separate the pile out into like which leaves are good and they grade it like one through nine mm-hmm. and um they have like loose leaf poor tea mm. 
uh, which is they just take it out of the pile and dry it and then throw it in a bag. Gotcha. And then they have like uh, cake, like pressed cakes, which oh, yeah. is what I, I like to yeah. drink, mm-hmm. where they, they take <clears throat> 357 grams, between mm-hmm. 150 and 357 grams, mm-hmm. they put it into this bag and mm-hmm. then they twist it really tight and they mm-hmm. tie a knot mm-hmm. and then they uh, they press it and they like stack them up into piles. Right. And then uh, those dry mm-hmm. and then uh, people actually will keep those for like 30 years or more. Wow. Um, to age them because right, right. since they're post-fermented, they can age. Right. So it's, um, it's kind of like wine. Yeah. Like t- traditional wine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so there's, <laughs> there's some 30 year pours that are like probably like $500 a cake. Mm. The, some of them are just crazy. The one I drink is like $15 a cake for three fifty seven grams. Shit, dude. So that's like, uh, how many servings, you know, that? 20 cents a cup. Yeah. Well, I, I brew 12 grams, um, okay. in one okay. so it's not too bad. for like a, 150 milliliter yeah. uh, teapot and uh-huh. uh, that gets me like probably like eight cups. How much How much is that for our um, North American listeners who are not Canadian? <laughs> Imperial units. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, 150 milliliters. Yeah, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't you know, don't like half a pound. I think it's half a pound. Yeah, okay. Oh, damn. Yeah, um, yeah. 150 <laughs> milliliters is about four ounces. Yep, yep, yep. So that's um, not bad for a teacup. Yeah. And I, I like it because not only does it, it taste really good, it's like as dark and rich as coffee, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, Puerti is, mm-hmm. but also, um, you know, it's made in a factory by workers. So I don't feel like I'm contributing to slavery nearly as much as I would by <laughs> drinking like Indian tea or right. or coffee. Right. Yes. Because coffee's full of slavery. Yes. It's um, it's not good. Lots um, of, it's like, there's like fuck th- Starbucks. Three, three pounds of slavery <laughs> per every pound of yeah. coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, um, kind of like how we were saying, um, you know, you should uh, you should actually measure your fuel efficiency in miles per blood gallon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess the last thing I'll say about tea, um, since we're you know just talking about stimulants, is like uh, for people who are like really into tea, mm. there's this effect that they call if you drink a lot of tea in mm. one sitting, they mm-hmm. they call it tea drunkenness, and it's like mm. a sort of mental state that's like uh more it's not like hyper it's more akin to being drunk right um and like a lot of people have trouble describing it because right it's not something that's drunk it's kind of subtle yeah well yeah (laughs) (laughs) um uh i i can't say that i have for sure felt tea drunk before but Mm. so many people swear that they have that mm-hmm. i don't mm-hmm. dispute its existence yeah i think because because tea's got i think we've discussed this before but tea's got like a couple other things in it that are like unlike coffee for example um where it has like a simultaneously kind of like calming buzz yeah um and so yeah you can kind of get that way i i, th- I feel like i've i've approached that level before where yeah. i like drank like a couple pots of tea once and was just like yeah, I feel kind of funny, but like I feel good. Right. You know, and you kind of come down after a while. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's just hard because I'm usually on like two or three other substances at the same time. <laughs> right, right, right. So it's like, well, yeah, I could be tea drunk, but I would have no way of knowing because I'm on Kratom and right, yeah. other things. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. Uh, what was I going to... Fuck. I had one other thing, but uh, yeah, that's, that's all fine. right. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So so I I threw this in there. Um, this oh, is totally a, a fun that. little story about about tea. Um, so uh, Bodhidharma um, or Daruma as as he's known in in Japan was this like <laughs> crazy ugly blue eyed Indian <laughs> founder of Chan slash Zen Buddhism, um, according to the legends. And uh, the story goes that Daruma attained enlightenment while he was meditating in a cave for like several years and he was staring at the cave wall without blinking his eyes to like i don't know fucking what but he was doing this buddhist shit that definitely happened yeah he definitely did (laughs) yeah definitely did that and one day he fell asleep momentarily while he was meditating and he got so pissed off that that he fucking sliced his eyelids off threw them on the ground and then the legend goes that the eyelids grew into tea leaves or like tea bushes and that you know, all tea leaves are now the descendants of the eyelids of of Dharma. So all that nice chachi that you get from tea, right? Is like mm, the eyelids, power of Dharma. Yeah. And my <laughs> cool. my theory is that actually the real Dharma, because he was this big, crazy, bug-eyed like uh, dude with like gigantic uh, Indian European eyes. Uh, all these East Asians who saw him were like so freaked out by his unnatural lack of epicanthic folds <laughs> and his habit of just staring at walls that they're like, dude, well, 
what what if he just do you think he just cut his eyelids off <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like well he drinks a lot of tea <laughs> um and then i i was thinking china's also that, first like, guilo <laughs> yeah, right, right, exactly. and i was like you know as i was reading the story over again i was like cutting off your own eyelids does sound like the sort of thing you do if you're jacked up on stimulants yeah <laughs> so who knows who knows what but if he's just like the Chinese Oedipus? Yeah, right? <laughs> he's like, shit! <laughs> I guess you would want to do the opposite of cut off. No, you wouldn't want to cut off your eyelids. Your eyes shut, if I you, guess. Yeah. yeah. The opposite of T. Yeah, that's true. I yeah. guess it can't be that. Yeah. Well, anyway. Um, so the next so, one is our the other most familiar uh, stimulant to us Westerners. Yeah. Uh, coffee. coffee. Uh, do you want to take this one? Sure, yeah. So coffee... Um, uh, coffee has also a long history, although it was like um, less known and less cultivated until like the last, I want to say, s- 400 probably. Yeah, well, 300. several hundred years yeah. or so. Yeah, It was in Dances with Wolves. That's all I know. Y- y- well, yeah. <laughs> it's good. Um, <laughs> um, a little cultural reference there. Uh, I, wonder, I wonder if that movie holds up. I wonder too. I mean, it's been what that was like. I used early to watch the movie in the aughts, like yeah. all the time. Because really? it's on HBO, like all the time. So you're a Dances yeah, with Wolves stand. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I wouldn't stand for it now, not knowing. <laughs> yeah, like, like, all right. <laughs> I, I bet if I watched it now, I'd be like, ooh, geez. Yeah, but, uh, that's a lot of weird. I mean, he was on the side of the Native Americans, which right. is better than ninety percent of movies about native americans i feel i feel like um dances with wolves is like lives in the same category as like the last samurai yeah that's probably true like white hero joins the opposition and is good and is better yeah and then they're like you're so cool you get to be our special boy yeah and then (laughs) honestly though the only thing i remember about the last samurai is like uh the scene where he first like gets to the like the place where he's staying and mm-hmm. he's just like being an asshole and like screaming sake right because like, he's like going through withdrawal booze. yeah yeah <laughs> just like jesus man yeah yeah so <laughs> chill the fuck out <laughs> and then they're like wow this guy's a fucked up you're a guest man freak, don't be a dick know? yeah right right <laughs> <laughs> we we allowed you to live little shit um <laughs> i would never scream sake on the first day that i'm there <laughs> yeah right right that's usually a, a or date. at least wait to the Second third day date. exactly <laughs> um yeah, so coffee, uh, <laughs> not sake. That's that's next episode maybe. Um, coffee was like this East African, um, you know, berry bush thing, and um, these Oromo tribesmen who uh, consumed it, they were like they were hunters, and, and they'd go on. The Oromo are like they're like proto Ethiopians, basically. Yeah, or you could say that Ethiopia is a state that was constructed around yeah. the Oromo. Right, right. Okay. Either way, either yeah, way, that's probably um, more accurate. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a house that was built around them without asking. Um, <laughs> So, um, yeah, so, th- so, you know, you had these hunters who would go on like days and days and days of hunts and, um, they'd use the coffee plant or the, the coffee, um, cherry or whatever to, um, suppress hunger and obviously provide more energy and probably focus. Um, so they're probably pretty good with a spear and yeah, I guess I never, I never looked up like uh when they, when people started roasting mm. coffee berries. Yeah, that was Oh, fuck. I think that was an Arabian contrivance. Okay. Um but uh yeah, it was it was a kind of it wasn't immediate. So what happened for a while was that these coffee cherries um would be, you know, plucked off the bush and like initially, yeah, like the like the actual Africans who like knew about them originally mm-hmm. and just were like, "Oh yeah, these things grow here." Yeah. You know, it's it's just like you have like it's like in the States, it's like, oh, look, wild blackberries, how fun. You yeah. know, and they're like, oh, you know, these are good for hunting. And, you know, because you just pop some. And, and so they just like chew on them like My HOA had berries. the landscaping company mow down all of the blackberry bushes near oh, my house. My I was so God, fucking dude, mad. I, would, I, I hear shit like that and I basically become a fucking. But they don't have anyone pick up the fucking trash that's in the reservoir behind us. So, like, we have a big <sighs> yeah. trash filled reservoir. Just it's like, just fucking infuriating. Fucking maniacs, like, man. Why are you mowing down like wild plants and leaving plastic everywhere? What the fuck is your problem? Right. Yeah. Some entrepreneurs. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, anyway. So yeah. Yeah. So, so these coffee cherries, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're growing out there. The hunters love them. And then, um, Oh, it's somehow a uh, little fun fact that mm-hmm. I, I have because I worked in coffee for yeah. years. Uh, everyone who's looked at a whole bean coffee mm-hmm. bean, uh, knows that one side of it is flat. And the reason right. that is is because they grow in pairs. Yep. And so they they grow together and like so the side that's flat is like the side like that's the, in the, the middle. Side, yeah. Um, but you can actually get uh ones that are 
grow it like as a single berry. Yeah, it's, it's called pea berry, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be a higher quality thing, but that might just be like one of those things where it's like, oh, it's rare. It so could it's be better. a placebo thing, yeah, yeah, yeah kind of like the yeah. Um, yeah, it's like the, the civet, the civet coffee. Yeah, so that's actually demonstrably true, but it's like your taste may vary, you know. Yeah, um, and that's kind of an Indonesian thing, which is hilarious. But um, I, I just remember that a tweet from someone that was like, "Indonesians are geniuses because they convince Westerners to eat cat shit." <laughs> Basically, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they call it and uh, pay like you know a hundred dollars an ounce for it or whatever. Yeah, fuck it oh is. yeah, it's 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 incredible. <laughs> yeah, they call it uh, kopi luwak in in Indonesia. Okay, um, after the the civet. Um, so so yeah, so this coffee eventually. So East Africa, like Somalia, Ethiopia, as we know them now. Um, and a bunch of other areas along the east uh, coast, you know, the Horn, um, were really active in the uh, Maritime Silk Road. They were kind of like that end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as such, um, and also just regionally, they were really active traders with the Arabs, Persians, and everyone else that lived in that in that region. Okay. Um, and so coffee, I think at just at some point, it made it w- its way across the, the water, and these and these, like, Arabs were just like, really taken with it uh-huh. um for good reason obviously yeah um and thank god for the muslims <laughs> because they're like this shit is amazing let's yeah. make it really even better um and so you ever like, had turkish coffee oh yeah 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 all those like oh yeah there, of, like your roommate has the yeah the nice e-brick. She, she knows how to make yeah. a particular variant of it um it's so good yeah i always get that when i go uh get shisha oh yeah i always order a turkish hell yeah this shit is good my mom hates it she tried it once and she was like, it's just like coffee sludge. I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it rules. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny because like, yeah, like um, a lot of the traditional ways of, of preparing coffee involve basically like in the States, we call it cowboy coffee because it's usually what these guys would do on the range out in the middle of nowhere with a kettle and, and a fire. Either they yeah. just basically percolate it or they just boil it in a particular way. Yeah. Um, but the traditional ways of preparing like roasted coffee as a beverage, roasting ground coffee as a beverage was very similar. It's just that they refined it and they would like spice it and all that less like Turkish coffee. Uh-huh. And then, um, Indonesian coffee is basically, um, more like cowboy coffee. It's simpler. They just are like boiling it or simmering it in yeah. a pot. And, but they like to have the grit and the sludge in there because uh-huh. it like gives texture to the drink. Yeah. Um, it's like French press coffee is yeah. 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 Nice and textured. Uh-huh. Exactly. It's thicker. There's a heavier body. Yeah. Um, and in their case, like sometimes they like to have some of the, like, um, the leftover grounds, like from the, from the brew, like to chew on as they drink it. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of like savoring the, um, that kind of bitter grounds. Okay. Um, which is like a them thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I never really liked grit, but, um, but I, li- I like the thickness. Yeah. Um, I like the amount of grit that makes it through a French press screen. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> it's just a little bit. Yeah. Um, a little, little spice. Uh, so yeah, so so coffee. I, I I know probably too much about the history of coffee, so I'll try to make it like a little shorter. Um, but basically, coffee got into the Muslim world, um, Arab Arab and Persian world, and they just took off with it. Um, and keeping it kind of summarized, it got really popular, and it became a controversial um, habit and and a controversial. Uh, 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 well, drug for the for the yeah. lack of a better term, um, and it was partly because um, in Islam you're not supposed to become intoxicated, uh-huh. right? And so they were like, "All right, alcohol is out. They don't drink. Yeah. Uh, they, they, I mean, they do, but they're not supposed to." Right. Um, <clears throat> and you know, the stricter Muslims really don't drink. They're kind of like Mormons or, or JWs or something like that. And we're a lot of like the conservative Protestants in the states or something. JWs, Jews. Uh, yeah, right, right. Jehovah's <laughs> Witnesses. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so, so, um, it's a weird way to spell it, but okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just cutting out that vowel. Um, I guess that is what they did, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, um, so these, uh, so various, it was banned several times in, it was banned several law, times. Right? It was partly because of, um, it, let, let's not say it was under Sharia law. It was more that it was specific um, guys, local, yeah. Local yeah. decrees from imams or sultans yeah. or, or other like leaders who were saying, look, this is getting people quote unquote drunk yeah. because it looked like people were getting wound up. You know, they were getting wound up. Yeah. Um, and so it, to them resembled the effects of like say alcohol. And they were like concerned about like the effects on behavior and society and everything like that. And they're like, 
it was to them like uh, the parallel to our kind of um, crack epidemic bullshit where they're like, oh my God, everybody's like running around in the street, you know, like becoming violent and yeah. groping women and shit like that. Flipping and cars over. Right, and flipping stuff. cars over. What are we going to do? <laughs> um, you know, dare to say no to coffee. And, <laughs> and so. Uh, and and yeah, these imams would have these rulings on it, um, yeah. and and all this sort of thing. And um, I know that like one of the first ones was overturned like as soon as the guy died. Yeah, they're like, "Fuck this guy!" Like, yeah, they're like, they're like the "Nah, we like this shit." Yeah, this is good shit. <laughs> and uh, a couple of other reasons, um, the that that coffee was was banned or restricted was because, um, and this has been an effect ever since. Coffee has a tendency for for some reason coffee has a tendency to be just strong enough like uh, to get you hyper enough to start um, arguing about politics, oh, but okay. not so nuts that it's like you're a crackhead. Yeah. You know, running around raving about everything. Right. It's like just strong enough to get you agitated about the political situation okay. and to start getting extremely literate. Yeah. <laughs> and so everyone would gather in these coffee houses and they'd like have this delicious brew and they'd get amped and they'd start talking. And also like, I don't know the extent to which this was true in the Arab or Muslim world. Um, but it was definitely true in, say, Europe later. Uh, but classes would mingle. Yeah. Right? So that was another thing where, like, oh, shit, my hierarchy, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and so people would, like, they'd get agitated. They'd realize that there was commonalities. And they'd start, like, they'd start sharing information. They'd start beefing. They'd whatever. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, of course, you know, the imams are like, this is intoxication. This is bad. You know? And so eventually, yeah, it would get banned. And then it would get, like, the ban would get lifted. All this kind of thing. Um, and now somehow that's totally been neutered by yeah, Starbucks. So right, it's 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 really interesting. So eventually they I, maybe uh-huh. I, I'm wondering why that is, but maybe it's because of the whole like uh, faux uh, like community outreach activism shit that Starbucks does. I, I don't know how much how much how much you've how much time you spend in Starbucks. I've spent mm-hmm. more than a lifetime's worth of time there because my roommate worked there mm-hmm. and. Uh, I was his ride mm-hmm. to and from work. Yeah. And so like, uh, I would just go, I would drop him off. I would hang out in the shopping center there like yeah. the whole time that he was working. So I would like mm-hmm. sit in Starbucks for like four hours, like doing like schoolwork and shit. And then I would like go to the bar and drink for a couple hours and then come back and hang out at the Starbucks again. Yeah. So like, I, I know way too much about Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they have like all that, like anytime anyone thinks about like, uh, Oh, I wonder if uh, anything bad, like political, is happening. You mm-hmm. look around and they're like, "Oh, we're doing uh, this for the community." Like, right. look at this. Right. We're so good. Yeah, that's actually a good question. We can like touch on that real quick. Uh, what I've noticed is Uh-oh. that. <clears throat> oh yeah, cops outside again. Yep. I don't know what that's about, but someone got pulled over. Yeah, there's cops around here a lot, but yeah, they're probably just uh, you know collecting tips. <laughs> but um. Yeah, so uh, the, the the thing about uh, that I've noticed about coffee shops, coffee houses, and, and and stuff like that, coffee stores, is that your traditionally um, your traditional models of coffee houses and coffee shops, which basically comes all the way from like the um, Islamic, you know, gather in one place, have a bunch of coffee yep. model, um, but like has been kind of variated over time and in, in, in places. Um, that is almost always a place for nerds and intellectuals and activists and like random other kinds of dorks uh-huh. to gather, share information, um, play games, read, uh-huh. um, maybe argue, etc. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're a lot more like pubs and dive bars that way. Yeah. Where there's, it's usually a chill environment uh-huh. where people go to like lounge, they have a coffee, they have two coffees, they have a snack, they may have three coffees, they might have some tea, whatever. But these are people who are usually interested in at least superficially interested in um, exchanging ideas or being part of something. Um, right. That's what I've noticed. That's the constituency. Um, and then you've got, uh, you've got your kind of diner model, right? Okay. Where it's like, oh, yeah, I might go in for a cup of coffee, but I'll probably have a meal. Maybe I'll bring my family. Uh-huh. And those are kind of just community centers. Yeah. Right? And then you have, or like cafeteria center kind of places. Yeah. You know? And then you have um, the corporate coffee chain and those places are just sterile, right? You know, like you might read there, you might bring your fucking book club there, or your or your like student project, but you're really not doing much else. Yeah, you know, you you go, and, and I guess you they do coffee, appeal mainly to yeah, like bourgeois liberals. Exactly, right? Yeah. It's very very like 
uh, clean and, and, you know, sterile and like the kind of hyper modern, yeah. you know, squared off look and, you know, I mean, you like, could probably build more class consciousness at Dunkin' Donuts than. Oh, Starbucks. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Dunkin' Donuts is like a, a, an establishment for the working class yeah. and cops, unfortunately, but <laughs> true. Yeah, <laughs> sure. But like, that's the other, that's the other thing really is like coffee shops are always real friendly yeah. with the cops. Real, yeah. real friendly. Yeah. Uh, like I have never worked at a coffee shop where they didn't have like a, an unwritten policy of like give cops coffee for free. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's going to be more common probably at the corporate types yeah. of chains. Um, and especially at Starbucks, like uh, a lot of homeless people come and hang out at Starbucks because mm-hmm. they have, they often, not always, uh, often have uh, freely accessible bathrooms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they'll, they'll go use the bathrooms either like for legit reasons or, yeah, well, for still legit reasons to do drugs. Right. But uh, right. a lot of times, you know, uh, they'll like be really uh, strung out or, or right. drunk or whatever. And yeah. like somebody will call the cops to yeah. like carry them out. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I mean, that's something I've noticed at just about every yeah. coffee shop. Yeah, I, I fortunately never had to do that. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, so. neither did I. I mean, wh- I, one of the one of the places I worked at was like the bougiest, one of the bougiest coffee shops like in the area. Yeah. It was that that place in Delray, the bakery. Oh right, you mentioned. So that I yeah. I never even saw a homeless person try to come inside. There was definitely some crazy guys that came inside. Oh yeah, yeah. There's this one guy Brian who uh-huh. like he 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 would always be wearing like a fucking like a neon green like fishnet top with nothing under it and like bike <laughs> nice, shorts nice Just getting and he out. he acted yeah. like he had been doing acid since the 60s <laughs> non-stop damn he ruled <laughs> but mm-hmm. anyway yeah one of my one of my coworkers at uh at the location in denver that i ended up at um the starbucks location it was a real quiet spot but like and and so i i actually personally never had to deal with like the, the crazies and like the junkies and stuff um you know but one of my coworkers there, uh, who was like a shift supervisor, he, he told me, he was like, yeah, there was this one time I went in the bathroom after some guy went in and left and I was like, Oh no, this is going to be a mess. And he's like, and he went in and at first he was like pleasantly surprised, like, Oh, there's nothing there. And then he said, he, he, he looked down and there was just like a sock lying on the ground and he was, and he like had his, like, you know, his, uh, sanitary gloves on. Yeah. So he, he he's like, Oh God. And he like <laughs> goes, picks up the sock by like the edge of it and realizes that the guy had shit inside the sock <laughs> <laughs> and just thrown it on the ground. <laughs> oh man. Well, at least he didn't shit yeah. all over the walls, I guess. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Like I've heard stories like that too, you know? So, you know, presumably whatever stimulants this guy was on, um, he was focused. Yeah. You know, he was focused and he had a sniper's precision. So, um, <laughs> So, so coffee, um, oh, one, one last thing I will, oh, yeah, yeah, I will yeah. say is, uh, <laughs> uh, there was this guy that always hung out at my roommate's Starbucks. We just called him uh, smoking guy. Right. And, uh, we, we never really got the full story on him because he was like completely nonverbal. Oh, wow. Uh, well he, he, he could say like cigarette sort of, and, uh, he lived like in the neighborhood right nearby mm-hmm. that I used to live in, mm-hmm. uh, the one Springfield, Virginia, where like, uh. There's this neighborhood where MS-13 was like doing mm-hmm. like sex trafficking mm-hmm. type stuff, mm-hmm. and I, I lived there at the time. And um, so, uh, smoking guy would just come and sit out in front of the store and just chain smoke mm-hmm. nonstop. Yeah. And obviously, like, like he didn't. I don't think he had a job. Mm. Well, obviously, he didn't have a job because he was right. at the fucking coffee shop all day. Right. Yeah. But like, uh, so he completely smoked either cigarettes that my roommate would give them, mm-hmm. give him, or like random people would give him. Or he would just pick butts off the ground and like oh, refry yeah. them and God, smoke those. Jesus. Yeah. And so, it, like, it was it was sad because like the little bit that we found out about him uh-huh. was like he used to be normal and then like his wife died and it traumatized him so much that he like became that. <sighs> That's yeah. So that sucks. It's it was it's wild like the the people you meet even at those like sanitized corporate places. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's the like people come in, real people, and yeah. and and that's. That's what still makes the difference. But there was a there was a guy that came in all the time who was like this like weird creepy like uh, magic trick guy who like mm-hmm. he did balloon animals <laughs> and he always it, it was so funny because like you're like oh balloon animals he's probably good with kids right no 
Oh, not no. even fucking close. Oh, yeah. He's terrible with kids. He wore a Slipknot shirt every single day. Different <laughs> Slipknot shirt to do animals. <laughs> every single day. <laughs> and uh, so he's more like a carny. <laughs> yeah, he creeped. He creeped the kids out, and he would always like uh, try to make balloon hats and shit, and yeah. like dogs for like girls yeah, that he was trying yeah. to hit on. Uh, they were God. often way too young for him. Right. Yep. And uh, yeah, he had he got a, he had to get kicked out a couple times. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, Ooh. Yeah. So yeah, some real weirdos. Yeah. Uh, go to Starbucks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Starbucks is. I mean, it takes all kinds, I guess. Um, all right. So, so uh, one of the one of the interesting things about uh, coffee in the uh, Muslim world, the early Muslim world. Uh, well, at that point, it wasn't that early, but the the early coffee, blah blah blah, um, is that the Sufis, who were these, you know, this this mystical sort of sect or or, or substrate of of Islam. Um, they got really into like the spiritual connection to God and all this stuff. And so they actually would use coffee as an aid to concentration and, um, a kind of spiritual intoxication or like oneness, um, as they, as they chanted and prayed. And also when they were on Hajj, they would carry these kind of like, they were like energy bars with, with coffee packed into them. And I think it was like, as I recall, it was like dried fruit, honey. Oh, you know what? I I saw coffee cherries in it. I saw a video about this. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, it was, I don't remember what the whole theme was, but it mm-hmm. was like one of those like YouTube food channels and mm-hmm. they were trying these different things and they basically like, uh, they took ground up coffee mm-hmm. and like, uh, I think it was butter. Oh yeah. Butter. Yeah. 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 They, they put and they, in, yeah. they put it, they like wrap it up and they, they put it in their shirt in these, and like yeah. your body heat is supposed to like melt it all together yeah. and like make it into a, like right. a, that's how they did it. Like an energy bar. Yeah. And the, yeah. the guy who tried it was like, this is actually really good. Like yeah. I would totally make this again. And yeah. I don't know if I would use my body heat again because well, right. that's kind of weird, but right. <laughs> this shit is good. Right. It was like the only thing in the whole video that anyone was like, yeah, this is great. I like it. I would, I would eat it again. Nice. Everything nice. else was like, this like, oh, sucks. Wow, no. yeah, <laughs> I would right, never right. eat this again. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, that sounds like, you know, worth trying. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they would just like, they would basically just like pop these, these, uh, what, like energy balls. Yeah. Um, and like buzz on the caffeine as they like, pilgrimaged and uh prayed and meditated and and whatnot um yeah so so like we said coffee was kind of controversial in the islamic world and it got banned and then the the ban was lifted several times in different places um but it became really popular eventually and then it was just like there was no going back after that they just were like yeah fine it's great we all love it um and i think it was partly that like say for example sultans or whoever like realized that they could um turn it to their advantage maybe in trade uh-huh. um and just like get popularity by being like hey we love coffee you know <laughs> like eh, it's great you know uh which is kind of like how uh, i think certain politicians are acting about weed these oh, days oh definitely yeah Most it's, definitely. it's like they're just taking that wave you know i bet there was some imam that like criminalized coffee and then as soon as right. he got out of office he's, yeah. he opened up his own coffee right, shop exactly he's like ha <laughs> <laughs> was like ah oh, you fucking dickhead yeah right right <laughs> <laughs> do you have any people who are <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't know enough uh just rolling is, in the camels, long words you know? to making yeah. a equivalent of this yeah what's that word for like uh, a fatwa oh yeah yeah <laughs> do you have know any people you call a fatwa to, <laughs> yeah, right. because of drinking coffee, of drinking coffee? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah um and then and then how it got to europe was kind of hilarious um this was basically by the i think 1500s ish but basically there was like a, a european who I think he was, was Austrian or something, some equivalent of that. And he heard that a bunch of these Europeans, you know, they were at war with the Turks and stuff because that's just kind of what you did. Um, still what you do. Yeah, basically, right? <laughs> it's like, ah, not really going away. Well, um, the Turks still exist. Yeah. Time to go to war with yeah, them. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Got to solve that problem. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they'd captured a bunch of ships in the Mediterranean. Um, I think, you know, some Italians or, or something had captured a bunch of like Turkish uh, ships and they found um, these like crates and crates and crates of these fucking beans in the holds uh-huh. and they're like what the fuck is this yeah and this guy um, up in like Vienna or whatever he heard about it and he was like holy shit and he like rushed down and he's like yo let me get some of them give beans. me them beans yeah <laughs> <laughs> give me that shit and they're like dude you can have it and he's like oh my god and like so he opened oh wait a- sorry i got to do the accent yo let me get some of those beans iskiana <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. some beans <laughs> and so and so he like opened his coffee house and that as i recall was the first and oldest european coffee house 
where he basically he like roasted up the beans and started brewing that shit. So he took it back to Vienna. Yeah. Okay. And so yeah, and so then he yeah he opened it up blah 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 blah, and and kind of made a European knockoff of these like um like I guess Turkish style coffee yeah. houses, and what he also did was he created what we now recognize as like the traditional coffee shop or cafe, uh-huh. which is he put out um, racks of their like um, old old timey newspapers and pamphlets and, and shit like that. Okay. And it became a place where all these different kinds of philosophers, political thinkers and dissidents and everything else uh-huh. would come by and like do exactly what we do now, which is they'd pin up their shit. Yeah. They'd put down like their, their new fucking manifesto or their screed or whatever they'd just worked up and put out on a printing press, which was also like super popular then. And so the, uh, the coffee house was basically the proto internet. Okay. Um, like immediately. Yeah. And then it spread throughout. It became very popular in like England, for example, and then coffee houses, became um one of the uh incubation sites for early like financial capitalism okay so that like lloyd's bank uh-huh. used to be lloyd's coffee house really yeah wow and underwriting as a term and also as a practice evolved from they'd have these chalkboards in the back of the english coffee houses uh-huh. where these like merchants and stuff would go back and they'd write the name of their ship that was venturing out okay. venture capitalism yeah and they would they would name, write the name of the ship and they'd say like, "This is how much we need to fund." Yeah. And who wants to underwrite their name and the and the bid they want to fund with? I see. So then the people would be like, "Oh, and this was actually one reason why, like, capitalist finance has has been seen as like, oh, it's a great way for everybody to like win a little bit because right. you, the coffee houses were a kind of a full like multi class zone uh-huh. where anybody could go and be like, I have a pound or I have three hundred guineas or whatever the fuck you've got, yeah, and be like, I'm going to put that down on this venture." Uh-huh. And then I'll get back whatever comes back. Okay. Right. In shares. Right. Yeah. Um, so the Dutch and the then the English basically figured that out. As we covered in an earlier episode, yep. that's where the LLC evolved it, from. Yep. Was uh, these ventures, you know, somebody would form a, a company yep. uh, for the venture and they would go on one voyage and then come back with the whatever spoils they, exactly. they got, and then exactly. then the company would be liquidated. Yep. <laughs> and and so and somebody realized yeah. eventually, like, why don't what we, uh, we form a permanent entity, exactly. and then uh, and then eventually it turned into like limited liability, where mm-hmm. um, you only lose as much as you invest. Whereas exactly. before that, if the like if the venture went into debt, yeah. then you yeah. would be liable for the debt. Exactly. Exactly. So. And so and so it's interesting that coffee houses in particular became these social sites. Um, what theorists or, or you know, uh, historians have called like the third place. Yeah. Um, which is it's not the home and it's not the workplace. Uh-huh. It's kind of a commons. Okay. Um, of sorts, but of course it's an enclosure too. So uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um, that's where you get the I think the difference between like the chain style environment, which is an enclosure, and like the traditional style, which is an attempt at a commons where you just buy and sell and lounge. It kind of, you know what another thing is with the corporate chains. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all U.S. originated companies. As I understand it, yeah. And I mean, did I don't think the U.S. really had a coffee culture prior to, like, the '70s, other than like people just not the way we know getting it now. shitty yeah. coffee, like, yeah, from the store or at home or whatever. Yeah. So, so this gets into like coffee economics and coffee culture and history, but like, so of course, kind of like with. Like weed having indica and sativa, uh-huh. except oh yeah, there's arabica, arabica robusta, and robusta, yeah. yeah. Except that, um, <laughs> the, the funny thing is that like, it's it's a really rough analogy because like with weed, you're like, oh yeah, like indica's cool and sativa's cool. You just yeah. kind of di- get different highs, right? Um, and like, there's all sorts of other dimensions. With with coffee, it's like arabica or yeah, arabica is like the OG coffee, and it's like refined and and relatively mellow yeah um and but it's delicate yeah uh it's hard to grow and hard to get right and you you got to treat it right you know um and then robusta was like a strain that was grown that was robust uh but it's also like there's way more caffeine and it's just harsher yeah so it's kind of like the like basement meth yeah I, i think really cheap coffee that you buy in the store is like a mix of the two. Yeah, I think like, like if say, you get like decent coffee, it's yeah. gonna be completely arabica. Right. 
Uh-huh. And then like Maxwell House or Folgers or something, bottom shelf yeah. stuff is going to be, yeah, it might be like a blend yeah. of the two or yeah. it might even be, I think, 100% Robusta. Yeah, I think I think the proper analogy would be it's weed versus dirt weed. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Um, and so, and so uh, what were we going on with that? The Oh, the economics of coffee and right. how it pertains to the U.S.? Yeah, so the U.S. used to be, I think... I think part of the reason... I guess <coughs> coffee did become popular in the U.S. because we were trying to separ- create a separate national identity from the English, and the English were all about tea. Tea, right. And uh, I think the U.S. tried to steer away from tea drinking after yeah. the revolution. Yeah, yeah. Coffee is, um, as I recall, coffee is the drink of the Scots and the Americans. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I think a few others. Um <clears throat> and uh and of course like the mediterranean cultures um and so yeah like like americans like most of most of like american domestic products like you know fucking hooch fucking coffee yeah all this shit you know or like anything they imported we do have a use. long history of drinking swill i guess it's just swill <laughs> yeah it's just always been swill yeah. and then we started to try to do better in like the 20th century kind of and then so like in the i think it was 20s and 30s there was um whichever i forget what it's called but like this um this kind of like coffee industrial association okay was was trying to like uh do it there was like a union side where they fought for the right of um workers to have coffee breaks oh okay yep right so on. it was so it was actually a kind of a win-win yeah and that's where we get the coffee break okay. as an institution um which is cool uh, but now we don't get breaks again. Anyway, so cool. Uh, <laughs> we have to make our breaks. But the coffee break as an idea came from whatever this fucking association was called saying, hey, like they would like petition and lobby and pressure these companies like, you know, like everybody's got to have a cup of coffee during the day. Like let them have 15 minutes you yeah. know, to like have a cup of coffee. You know, the fucking Brits are doing it with tea at their factories right. as well, you know, and then they're like, oh, fine, you know. And then, of course, that also drove up sales, uh-huh. and there was all there was all sorts of weird, like um, you know, market uh, ups and downs, and crashes, and price fixing, and weird shit. Like, so the, the financial market side of, of coffee history is also very interesting and okay. scandalous. Uh, there was a whole thing I think with Brazil where there was like I think dumping. But anyway, this is getting beside the point. Um, you guys, if you want to learn more about this yeah, stuff, this is coffee not a has some podcast weird about drama. political economy or anything like that. So yeah, we don't well, want to talk about that bullshit. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you want to get really into the weeds with like the history of coffee, we, we there's a whole lot, episode on there's coffee. There's a lot of drama. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so then, yeah, it was like in the um, the mid century and after that, um, like Americans in particular started to go like wise up and be like, oh, like what if we just drank this Arabica stuff? What if we learned the Italian style? Yeah, you know, and of course, like you know how it is with like market based. Um, Supposedly, adoption. pizza is the one that like brought that coffee culture to the U.S. Really, pizza. Pete's. Oh, Pete's. Yeah. Yes. According to them. Yeah. Well, according to them. So I don't yeah. know if that's actually yeah, I, true or if history is written really by the victors, but behind it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, Starbucks I definitely like came way after them, but they they just aggre- uh, expanded the most aggressively. Yeah. You know exactly. what's weird? Like I know I know that you remember this because mm-hmm. everyone fucking does, except for like real dumbasses. <laughs> but like in the like late '90s and early 2000s, mm-hmm. Starbucks was expanding so aggressively they would have starbucks across the street from each other and they basically like surrounded all the local coffee shops to force them to close yeah exactly i tried to look up articles about this because there was there was some dude who was like that never happened i was like what the fuck are you talking about i went to look for articles about it nothing you can't find anything about that wow it's crazy weird because i remember and like you can ask there's a lewis black joke about it yeah so it was obviously happening (laughs) yeah and it really was happening like like you said i mean it was basically like the stationary retail store uh, version of like a fucking gangbang. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like they just yeah. they just group around yeah. these sites, and then like the 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 store that had the best sales coffee bukkake stay. Yeah, basically, <laughs> you know, or if fucking you know, cock, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, bukkake, bukkake, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> bukkake. There's the episode title. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, they would basically like they would surround it. They'd choke out the one that was already there. Or the ones that were already there, and then as I recall, like the the, the Starbucks location that made the best sales, yeah. would then kind of take all, yeah. Um, which makes sense. I mean, like from a fucking evil market scheme right. side, that makes sense. Yeah, you know, it's it's pure like minesweeper competition. Yeah, it's it's another one of those things that like uh, Marxism doesn't quite get, 
where mm -hmm. Marxism focuses on the capitalists making profits. Right. Whereas in this case, the You're capitalist making... is focusing on grabbing as much market share right, as possible exactly. so that they can get a guaranteed it, revenue stream exactly. because they are the only game in town. Right. Yes, I think that I think that yeah, like that's that's one of the like the the rigidities of of like um, at least orthodox Marxist yeah. uh, viewpoints, which is. Yeah. Um, Everyone, of so course, will insist on... like, oh, no, Marx totally said that. Right, and right, right. Exactly. If you read it this way, if then you, he, yeah, he actually like you predicted Starbucks yeah, doing that. Yeah. Exactly. He right. said like in the year 1997, yeah. Starbucks is going to open 200 stores. Right, right. If you read that, uh, it's on se page 700 of Capital Volume right, 1. Right. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the Grub Stakers episode. He's like, well, uh, you mentioned use value. You know? um, but, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it says right here. Shout out, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Andy, nice work. Um, but also... Um, <laughs> um yeah the, the the focus on like the production and like the kind of the legal apparatus that surrounds production and manufacturing it's like did really well with describing how that was working at the time and how it might work with within those kind of parameters and all that kind of stuff and how that exploitation specifically works um but like what we're kind of touching on here yeah is the um the exploitation um within those zones is not the only exploitation that's happening. Uh -huh. There's a lot of exploitation that is kind of happening in that gray area where they're just permitted to act like fucking like warlords, yeah. you know? And just like I said, like gang bang the other coffee shop out of existence, yeah. you know? Um, just to keep using that word over and over again. Um, <laughs> that great word that, that we all love. That we all love. Yeah. <laughs> Yang gang, gang bang. <laughs> um, but uh, essentially, yeah, Starbucks is creepy as fuck. Um, it's it's not that good. Wait, so are the are the guys called a bang gang? I guess I so. I never thought about I, that. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Or are so. they gang bangers? Because well, that bangers. word is already kind of taken. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think that like totally different meaning. Is, is it though? I mean, it's kind of it's kind of cuz I think that like the I now we're getting into fucking semantics. so Starbucks is sexy semantics the, of, of like the employees of the jargon. local coffee shop Jesus. yeah basically right <laughs> um I think I think that I think it comes from the fact that like in many of these um group assaults rape would happen oh you know um or and also like I thought it was just a fun little rhyme I think I think partly because it's a rhyme yeah and so it's like conveniently usable for really anything that happens to yeah include violence by a group like nazis yeah um so you know anyway speaking of nazis howard schultz uh but <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah yeah damn I, I didn't even think about that the connection to <laughs> the current democratic primary yeah, yeah right. dude i was uh i actually like wrote a pamphlet that i put into my roommate starbucks about oh wow howard schultz and how he makes the same amount in in one hour yeah. that his employees make in like tw ten months. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. He was in in 2012 or 2013. He mm. was making like sixteen thousand dollars an hour. Jesus Christ. Dude. Yeah, and it's like <laughs> my roommate was making probably like twenty six thousand dollars a year. Right. Right. Just insane numbers. It, it reminds me of. Um... The way that they put it, so proles of the round table, um, which I occasionally listen to, they were talking about like how China is, um, I think by now has already introduced a cap on executive pay relative to the lowest paid worker, uh -huh. which is cool. It's like yeah. China's got all this other bullshit going on, but like at least that's cool. And I think they yeah, that whole it, falling out of your car thing, yeah, right, that, that sucks. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but this whole like oh, you know, we have Instagram, so we can't really say shit yeah, about that. Right? right exactly. <laughs> and like. Just um, the entire platform of Instagram. <laughs> it's enough wealth flaunting for a, yeah. the eternity, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and they and they uh, and and one of the guys on on Proles of the Round Table was like, um, "Oh yeah, I love how in you know in the states you know it's considered perfectly reasonable for the executive to be making like three hundred times at minimum what yeah. the lowest paid worker is making, whereas in China they're like, I don't know, twelve times is kind of pushing it, yeah. you know." And and then he said, but of course here they'd just be like, no, you're greedy for not wanting them to make more, you know? <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with this shit? So, yeah, Howard Schultz kind of fucking die in a fire. Yeah, fuck that guy. Getting jizzed on by, like, I don't know, like everyone breaking espresso machines, just, <laughs> just boiling over and spraying on him. Um, 
Cool. So coffee is great. Uh, there's a lot more to talk about that um, either we can do an episode on in full yeah. or you one can thing just you made me Google. think of just now is uh, there's a bunch of books about it. Yeah, I've been I've been playing this game not lately. Lately, I've been playing Warframe, which is oh, right. very fun. Mm-hmm. There's some new updates that have made the game a lot better. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, I've been playing this game uh, Oxygen Not Included, which is like okay. this game where you create like a space colony. It's like a space colony oh, survival type game. Okay. It's it's really fun. Uh-huh. Um, and like they have like a tech tree just like in like civilization right, or whatever kind right. of game like Gotta that have a tech tree and uh at, at at the end of the plumbing tree is espresso machines hell yes so they call it advanced plumbing and you get an espresso machine i was like damn i never thought of that as advanced plumbing yeah, but it yeah. really is yeah because you got like a bunch of piping and tubes water and boilers and, and stuff and everything exactly yeah. exactly yeah i mean it's basically like unless they um unless they were to recategorize it as quote-unquote um white goods or appliances yeah you know yeah. like fridges and stuff but it's not really like that because it's got so much like intake output stuff yeah um, and and just like to cement how connected i am to coffee yep uh i actually have a uh chronic wrist injury from working in a <laughs> coffee shop from pulling. using a doser grinder oh yeah yeah um yeah if you don't know what that is so like for the like semi-automatic machines where mm-hmm. somebody like fills the like little uh the group head mm-hmm. it's not the group head i can't remember what the, all the parts are called now yeah but anyway uh you you fill the little thing with coffee you tamp it down and then you uh turn it into the group head mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you you turn on the machine um so it, the grinding step for most grinders it just grinds coffee and spits it as it right. grinds right but a doser grinder it has like this chamber that mm-hmm. it spits it into, and then you pull this little lever, uh, and it it meters out like a, a set amount of coffee. So yep. you dose it like three times, and then that's like supposed to be the amount that you use. It's supposed to make it like more consistent. Yeah. But in practice, you're working so fast that you don't wait for the whole chamber to fill, and so like uh, it doesn't work that way. Right. But what it does do is mm-hmm. give you massive repetitive stress injury. Oh no. Um. And uh. Yeah. So I've had tendonitis in my wrist for ever since I worked there. Uh, to the point where, like, sometimes it'll get so bad I can't even, like, pick up a glass of water without it hurting. Jeez, dude. Yeah. You got to cut that hand right off. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, I'm waiting for my prosthetic fucking, arm that yeah. Silicon Valley promised me. Yeah, that's Silicon right. Valley and Ghost in the Shell, they, they promised me prosthetic body parts. Yeah, I mean, this is the tech utopia we're waiting for. Yeah. You know, Elon Musk is going to save us from tendonitis. Yeah, um, right exactly. Right I guess that submarine out. Yeah. I had it flare up uh, a couple weeks ago. Jesus, But dude. it's it's better now. Yeah. Yeah. Last episode we recorded, I was wearing my wrist brace, but it's good now. So, well, good. Yeah. Yeah. So I was it's about uh, to flare up, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, cooking with the wok and filled it up with too much stuff. It was like lifting oh, it up one handed. Yeah. That, yeah. that just destroyed it. Yeah. But anyway, um, let's take a break before we get to the next section. Yeah. Let's do. Break. Right. 